You are listening to the Estheticians Earning More podcast, episode 99. Welcome to the Estheticians Earning More podcast. On this podcast, we talk about how to love your esthetician business without the hustle, exhaustion, or overwhelm as it booms into a successful business. I teach simple ways how to approach your business that gives you your life back while still growing a profitable business. I grew BLH Beauty in San Diego to a six-figure business, and I learned a lot along the way, which I'm excited to share with you here. So let's get started. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome back. I'm so excited that I'm at 99, we're 99 episodes. How? How is that possible? How is next week we're at 100? I have a very fun giveaway I'm announcing next week. So stay tuned for that. Once we hit 100 episodes, I'm doing a fun giveaway. I cannot wait. Um, Before I jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about my Building a Confident Team program. It is open if you are an owner of a business and you have acne specialists that work for you. It is for you to help you grow a confident team. The link to that is in the show notes if you want to learn more. I cannot wait to tell you about my guest today. I am talking to Janine Zaleski. She owns Ritual Skin Care Spa in Buffalo, New York. And she actually is a client of mine, or actually we just ended. We've been working together the past three months one-on-one. And during our time together, I was like, Janine, you are incredible. I want to have your story on my podcast because in less than five years, she went from absolutely zero clients, like not a one client, to a $200,000 a year business. And she's hired staff. Um, She's hired an employee. It's one of the things that we were working on together. And Janine is just a ball of love and happiness and so much fun to talk to. Um, when she's not working on beautiful faces, she enjoys antique malls, farmer's market, a good cup of coffee, and spending time with her husband and her two cats, Izzy and Gidget. She believes in giving back and have committed to part of giving her earnings to an animal rescue and adoption team, Heart. She is such a joy. This episode, you will learn a lot. It's very tangible advice she gives you on how to build your business. Without further ado, here is my friend, Janine. Enjoy. So good to talk to you. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Sure. I love it. So happy to be here. It's so funny that I'm like, I was thinking like, okay, what am, what am, what am Janine and I going to talk about today that I forgot the podcast? <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to ask her about this. I want to ask her about that. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, this is the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I know. I know. I thought about it too. And the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to I'm like, oh, same as you. I'm like, it's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, I'd love to hear updates. When we're done recording, you can definitely tell me updates. But <laughs> Okay, good. Um, okay, so tell everyone. So I kind of know your story, but tell mm-hmm. everyone your story. So, like, what did you do out of high school? What, yeah, like, how like your your career journey? Yeah, so aesthetics is my second career. Um, I had or I have a father who had a business, and um, after I graduated high school, he mentioned that I was starting there in two weeks. 
um, that the previous person or the person in that current position was leaving and that I was filling their place unbeknownst to me. He just mentioned so, it to you like, oh, hey, guess what? Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> that was my first hearing of it. Um, my plan was to take a year off because I really didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that for a little while until I figure it out. I'll give it the year and see. Well, flash forward 22 years and I, uh, worked there for 22 years. Um, my background there was, um, I started off as like the office manager and then, um, moved over the years up into, you know, the bookkeeping position and human resources. Um, probably in my last five-ish years there, I grew really, really unhappy. Mm. And I always say like, I would have like at least a yearly or two times a year, like emotional breakdown. Oh yeah. What am I doing with my life? And am I going to be able to change this? Mm. Because, you know, when it's a family business, you tend to feel really, um, you have that obligation there yeah, and you don't want to like let your family down. Right. So I got to a point where I was 38 and I said, um, if I don't do something with my life now, I don't know if I'm going to do mm. it. Like my goal was I need to do something with my life before I turn 40. Um, so I, in all honesty, never gave myself the permission to sit down and really think about what I wanted to do with my life. Because in my mind, I was like, I'm working this job for the rest of my life. And that's all I can do. Yeah. So I never gave myself like the permission to think about it because for me, I didn't think it was going to be a reality for my life. So, um, at the time I was working with, um, someone who was helping me with like dietary changes and stuff like that. And she also helped me, um, in those kind of scenarios, almost like a little bit of life coaching along with it. And she was the one who was like, just sit down and like, write down everything you've ever liked to do from the time you were a kid until the time you are the age you are now. And then just kind of start from there, just kind of free flow. And I sat down and I was writing things down and I wrote things like, oh, I've always liked to decorate and um, I've always liked to do makeup and I've always liked to buy skincare products and stuff like that. And once I sat through and went through everything like real estate, I was like, oh, I don't think I have it in me to deal with indecisive people. Because so, <laughs> I knew myself as a first time homeowner, I, no joke, I hate even saying this out loud. I think we looked at 35 or 40 houses. Oh my gosh. Yes. So in my mind, I was like, I cannot have a client like me. I would go nuts. <laughs> Uh, and then I was like interior decorating okay what are my options for school and there's two different things interior design is at least like a four-year degree an interior decorator doesn't really have a degree you right. can just decorate people's houses and I was like oh there again like really picky people who can give you a hard time I'm like mm. so and then I looked at skincare and makeup and at the time I wasn't really into makeup as much anymore but I was in my earlier years and I was like, why am I even considering anything else on this list? I have been into skincare my whole life. No joke. 
I would have some redness in my cheeks at the time when I became an esthetician, they were really bad. Um, I was always looking for something to take care of the redness in my cheeks Mm. and no joke. I would give my sister two. well, now they're not really a thing anymore, but two full plastic shopping bags full of skincare products a year, a year, because I went through all these products that didn't do what they said they were going to do. Wow. And I was like, I've really been into skincare. So I took a tour of the school. And as soon as I got into the aesthetics department and seeing what the students were doing, um, I was like, this is it. Mm. And my favorite part of, so I enrolled, I think the next week, um, after seeing how much everything, everything cost and everything. And then I was able to start, I think in a month. Wow. And how our curriculum worked was, um, you know, there's all the different modules of things you learn, like waxing, makeup, facials, and you just pick up anywhere you are. Um, they are in the cycle of like teaching. Okay. So I looked out our first, my first module was facials, Mm. which is what I was interested in the most. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't care less about waxing or anything else. And we did like, you know, um, learning that first week about like procedures and techniques and everything from the book. And then they're like, okay, we're going to start practicing on each other. And I have a picture from that day. Cause my t- teacher took a picture, picture of it, like right after we talked about it, she, we started doing it and she looked at me and she said, have you done this before? And I was like, no, but that means I was supposed to be here and I love it. And I love that. I, I already look like I know what I'm doing. Cause I'm like, Oh, seal the deal. I want to see um, that picture. Yes. I'll send it to you because I still think of it. I was like, look at me. She thought I was a natural, <laughs> but yeah, but that was a really good experience for me. Obviously school isn't like the best, but, yeah. um, I really enjoyed it. And I really like sunk my teeth into it and did a really good job with learning and making sure I had good grades and, you know, passed my exams and the first go and everything. So it was awesome. And your program, I think you told me was a year and you also were working full time and going at night to school. Is that right? Um, I went to night aesthetic school um, and I also attended the nail program. Okay. In my mind, I wanted something as a backup just in case in my back pocket in case I ever (laughs) needed it in my life. Because I went from having a really, really stable job yeah. that paid me pretty well to now being like, what's going to happen? Right. So in my mind and being in bookkeeping, my brain needs some, needed some safety. So um, I, I did the nail program is something to have in my back pocket in case I ever needed it, which is why the program was a little bit longer. Okay. And yeah, so I think school started at like 515 to 10 15 or to like 9 30 ish brutal and then I was working 6 a.m to 4 30 so it was not a whole lot of time it was a really hard it was a really really hard year yeah that is so hard I cannot imagine doing that right now I feel like I I know 28 or 18 I could have totally done that but now in my late 30s I'm like absolutely not no way not happening (laughs) right It was like Groundhog Day every single day, you know? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let me, I want to talk about some of the things that you said. So first of all, you look like you're 30. So wait, how is it it's possible that you're, I deny you over 40? That's not possible to me. I'm going to be 45 in June. 
Yeah. I cannot believe like how good your skin is. Is that just, have you, cause you've always taken care of it or has it gotten better since you were an esthetician school? Um, I always, well, I always say I was like the gath alternative kid. <laughs> so in high school. So I remember reading in, I think at the time 17 magazine that said <laughs> that you should wear sunscreen uh-huh. and being, you know, the alternative kid with goth tendencies, I was all about keeping that pale skin. Mm -hmm. So I was using sunscreen from probably the time I was 17, very consistently. Um, and I always say I don't have kids either. So that also (laughs) helps the situation. I know we, I know Janine and I talked about it. I used to, I didn't have very many wrinkles. I look at pictures of my, before my daughter was born and then like now, and I'm like, it's just shocking what sleep deprivation will do to your skin yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's interesting also that you said that you never really allowed yourself to think about what you wanted to do Mm -hmm. like what like what was it something that you kind of always knew that you wanted to do skin but you just didn't it was like not an option for you and so you never really kind of went there or did you never even even thought that that was something that you wanted I never even thought about an alternative career Mm. ever because in my mind I hate to say it like in these harsh terms I felt like I was in a prison I was never going to get out of Mm. yeah yeah and then yeah and then there was also talk of like taking over the company with my sister and that just kind of added more of a burden feeling to it um I hate to call it a burden feeling but in my mind it just felt so heavy yeah um but I really didn't when I say I sat down with that notebook to come up with ideas like I never really gave it much thought all I knew was that I was really unhappy having one to two like crying fits a year of I hate my life and this job (laughs) sucks (laughs) Um, but yeah, I never really let myself because in my mind, how much more torturous is that? Right. Changing jobs. No, thinking about something that you're not going to have or Mm. thinking that you don't have access to Yeah, or not allowing yourself to have access to it. You know what I mean? Yes. So I didn't let myself. Yeah. And you were, yeah. you know, you were trapped. I talk about how I was target trapped, which is like, I was making good money. I had great benefits, like all these things. And they tra- it's trapped because you're like, right. if I leave that, I leave all of that behind. And then you had the extra layer of your family. So that was a whole mm-hmm. other like. Yeah. It's like the family and then having that like financial security that you kind of don't have to think about. Yeah. And then. I, I think maybe if I thought anything, I would think of how much harder my life was going to be and what kind of sacrifices I was going to have to make. And would that payoff be worth it? If anything, I allowed myself to think that to kind of convince myself that it wasn't so bad. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So then how do yeah. you get from there to then you did eventually quit, mm-hmm. right? Well, so you- yes and no. So... Um, bad for my father, good for me. So, um, I was just getting ready to graduate aesthetic school. We had a job fair at school. Um, I interviewed with a place. They interviewed me knowing I wasn't graduated yet. And they told me I had a position when I was graduated. So 
um, I was going to work there on Fridays and Saturdays. Okay. Current at my current job, I was working Fridays from my family business. And, um, so I had to have the conversation and I knew that my dad would try to give me a hard time mm. not working on Fridays. So I kind of had to do some reverse psychology, I guess, in a way. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, as you know, I've been in school for almost a year and I'm almost ready to graduate. And I got offered a job from the job fair at school and I'm going to be working there on Fridays and Saturdays. And he was like, well, you work here on Fridays. <laughs> and I said, well, there's the kicker. So I'm going to have to not be working here on Fridays or I'm not going to be working here all the days. Yeah. And he's like, and I said, and that's my final decision. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, I need you here. So Monday through Thursday will be okay. <laughs> so from that point, I worked Monday through Thursday for the family business. Okay. Um, worked for the spa job Fridays and Saturdays. And okay. then I had off Sundays. Um, that very, that job very quickly didn't work out. Okay. Um, and I worked somewhere else doing nails Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. So I was working seven days a week. Seven days a week. Yeah. They were supposed to be training me to do aesthetics. I was just doing nails. Um, they didn't um, really follow through with the aesthetics training. Okay. Um, it was very, very limited. And if I brought it up, it was, well, we're not there yet. Well, we're not there yet. And before I got a job anywhere, I did look at some salon suites and was very shocked at how much they were. And I was like, well, that's just not in the cards for me right now. And I was at this job thinking, well, they're not going to train me for aesthetics and I'm really done with um, doing nails. Um, I was getting really bad carpal tunnel. Uh -huh. I will say I, I gave a really good leg massage. I'm that's sure you why did. I had it. <laughs> that's why I had really sore arms. Um, and I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I need to quit. And when I went on break that day, I got an email from the man who showed me the salon suites and said, we have an esthetician in one of the salon suites. She's going through some personal issues and she wants to sublet her space and okay. she's willing to, she's willing to do even just one day a week. Okay. And, and I said, will she do two days, Fridays and Saturdays? And he got back to me and said, yes. And it was fairly inexpensive. So I was like, excellent. So I opened up my own place Okay. and I was still doing nails on Sundays to pay for that space. Right. And that's how I started my own business um, in the rooms of someone who was subletting their space. So, okay. So what's so interesting is something that like a theme that I talk about a lot on this podcast with my clients, I, I share with you, I know this, you're like, yes, Brittany, um, is like you held a boundary with your dad. I mean, it made it of course harder because it was your dad, but you're like so clear on like, this is what I will do. And this is what I won't do. And then he mm -hmm. got to make a decision whether it worked for him or not. Yeah. You were like, listen, I get that you want me to come full time. I no longer can come full time. I can do this. Or I can do this. You decide. And he got to decide, right? Yeah. Yeah. How was that experience for you? Were, did, were you like, were you up to that point good at holding boundaries? Or was that like the first time you held a boundary? I would say that's like the first time, especially with my dad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because in my mind, I already knew how he operated Mm -hmm. and he would give a guilt trip. Sure. And I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to back down. I'm doing this. I went to school for it. I paid for it. This is what I want to do. And I'm not going to let him railroad me. Mm -hmm. So I need to be firm about this. So that's kind of where that stood. Um, And I realized I didn't answer your question before. Fast forward. (laughs) I ended up quitting nails and um, found a different space Uh and did. I had my own space um, because very quickly that sublet situation didn't go good. Okay. A third, a third party was brought in and we were sharing a salon suite. So it was a, got kind of a hot mess. Crazy. Okay. Um, so I got my own space and I was working there Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. Okay. Um, and then I think fast forward about a year, maybe half a year, um, the business for my, my father's business shut down. Okay. And then um, uh, he closed the business. And so that's where I got my 100% your free time freedom into <laughs> aesthetics. Yes. And did you have the clientele at that point to still make money? Or were you worried about money at that point? I was worried. I was worried. Um, while I worked, that's why I continuously tried to always have that like extra thing, like that nail job paid for the rent. Like I never wanted yeah. to like go into anything with more debt or taking anything from like my main pay at the time. Um, so I always tell people I started from nothing. Yeah. Um, at the time I started my aesthetics business. Um, I had my mom, my aunt and my sister. Um, I didn't have any girlfriends or I worked in a male dominated industry before that. So I didn't have business acquaintances or anything like that to kind of start my business. So Mm -hmm. it started off really slow. Um, My first space on my own was just a room and I lucked out in getting a really cheap room. It only cost me $300 a month. Mm. And in my, and in my mind, I said, well, that's three ish facials. Yeah. I can do this. If I can't do three facials a month, something is wrong. Yeah. Um, so I feel like by the time the business closed, I was okay. Okay. I was probably making just enough to live on. Okay. Um, not putting anything in savings, not putting anything in retirement, anything like that. It was just enough for me to be okay paying the bills. Okay. And then fast forward, I made, just got my books filled a hundred percent in February of 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. And then we know what all happened after that. And I was devastated because Uh. I was like, man, I just got my books fully full and just fully booked. And man, am I going to come back from this? Because like in my mind, it just happened. So if we're going to be shut down for an extended period of time, are those people still going to be there? I was devastated, which is why I had extreme panic attacks and lost hair during that time. (laughs) It was like a really hard um, situation on my nervous system for sure. But totally. um, Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So then, well, let's back up. Let's back up a little bit. So when you held the boundary for your dad, have you mm-hmm. felt that doing that and feeling like this, like making a decision that was best for you and it wasn't malice. It wasn't like you're trying to hurt your dad or like anything. You were just doing what's best for you. Yeah. I feel like that energy kind of 
gave you the strength to do that in your business, like with clients to be like clear on things. Cause like you are, you're pretty like we, you know, as a client of mine, we haven't had to spend a lot of time like talking about boundaries with you and your clients. Like you seem pretty good at that, you know, like that's not something that you struggled with. So how did that all come about? Um, that I really don't know. And I still don't think I'm like the best at it. I really struggle. You know, all of us tend to be people pleasers to a certain extent, or most of us anyway, in this industry. Um, but I don't know, for me, I've been really lucky that I've had really good clients. Um, I can count on one hand, how many times I've been no showed total in five Uh years. Uh Um, and it's always like a first time client. It's never been a client that's been in before. Um, I really don't have a lot of people that are late. I don't know. I've been really lucky. And I always say like, knock on wood. Like, I don't know if in some way that I don't know how I did it. I just attracted really good people. Yeah. Um, but I've been really lucky with that. My hardest boundary. Um, and I know it's something we worked on a little bit was responding to DMs or texts after work mm-hmm. and turning off my Instagram notifications has been a game changer. Um, but I feel like that's the only area where I really struggled the most other than having policies. Um, if I do have like a cancellation, I just do let people know I do give a one-time um, free pass um, just so I kind of set that boundary, like, okay, no problem. I'll take care of, take care of it for you. Um, but just know that I do have a one-time free pass and, um, I'll, I'll see you soon, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, so I just try to like get ahead of, I'm trying to be nice, but then get ahead of it. So if it happens again, it's like in writing that that was a one-time pass. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like to have things that are solid, that are like irrefutable. So (laughs) they brought you to the, are you to court of law? You have solid writing, Um, writing. but even doing that, a lot of estheticians aren't comfortable. Like they'll just get passes and again, again, and again, and again. So you definitely, I feel like there's definitely a part of you that you ultimately know what, what is right and not right for you. And you just follow that. Yeah, for sure. That was ignited maybe when you first started thinking about esthetician school and you've just kind of gone with that. And I think too, like a lot of my background in being in a business just made it seem like, no, it's a business. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. These are like, this is a business transaction. This isn't like two friends hanging out. Right. This is a business transaction. And I think I read somewhere and, you know, it's pretty common, like you see it brought up in Facebook groups and stuff, but like your doctor will charge you. Of course. And why are we any different? Right. Right. Yeah. We're not. So I think so that's always in my head. Yeah. And if anything, I feel like we deserve it more because doctors have multiple patients in there at one time. So they're technically not losing that much money. Right. So so that's why I always think, okay, well, if they can charge the cancellation fee, I sure as hell can. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I got my teeth cleaned recently and I got like 17 notifications that if I was, didn't show up, I can be charged $75. I mean, I got literally like 12 of them. I was like, okay, yes, I know. If I don't show up, I'm going to be charged $75. I'm aware of your cancellation policy, which is great, but it's also kind of annoying, but yeah, yeah. They, they would have totally charged me if I didn't show up. 
We yeah. haven't even thought twice about it. Yeah. And you know, we always love a client who cancels and be like, just send me the invoice. And I'm like, I appreciate you. I already <laughs> charged you. I'm always like, okay, great. I already charged you. <laughs> yeah. It already uh, happened. It's not that right. thank you. And your credit cards already been charged. Right. Um, okay. So, okay. So you said that you started with not many clients besides your family, essentially. How did you grow the business if that was your experience? Because I think this is a thing that most people struggle with that are new. And I also, okay, so what year did you start taking clients as an esthetician, like having your own little space? 2008, February of 2018. Okay. So it took you about two years to build yep. to be fully booked. Okay. Yep. How did that, how did you build that? Um, I did anything and everything. In my mind, going back to an office job was not, not a thing. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't, wasn't an option. An option. Yeah. So I would do anything and everything I could to see what stuck. Okay. Granted, is that the best way? Probably not. But I did what I could. I know. I would disagree with you. I think that is the best way. Okay. I think it's so the only I, way. I think it's the only way because what sticks for you may have not stuck for me, but we both have to try it to see. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I did anything. So some of the earliest things I can think of doing. So when I moved into the salon suite, um, I did, I'm not a very, I call myself like an extroverted introvert. Okay. So I'm not the type of person who's going to go around and introduce myself to people. Right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I would nowadays, but back then, oh, hell no. Yeah. So um, I did have a lot of hairstylists in there that came in to see who the new girl was. And I did get like some of them came to see me or they okay. would like give people my cards, which okay. is great. Um, there were a few in there who was super friendly. Um. I read this book called, oh my gosh, what's the name of it? 60 Clients in 60 Days or something like that. Okay. And I've never it heard of was this book. a, I read about it in, I don't know how I ended up in a massage Facebook group, but I was in a massage Facebook group and someone had recommended it and I read it. And essentially it was um, pretty much doing freebies to a oh, certain okay. extent. Okay. Okay. So you would hand out postcards that said, you can come in for a free 30 minute facial. You can upgrade to a 60 minute for X, Y, and Z dollars. Got it. Okay. Great. What I did from there was I made all these postcards that said that, that on it. I went to any business that I can think of, um, asked if I can leave them there. I didn't do many of that because I was an introvert. Yes. But what I did was I went through on Google and I looked up every yoga or Pilates studio that held private classes. Okay. In my mind, I wanted people who had um, money to spend on private classes. If they have money to spend on private classes, they have money to spend on a facial. Yes. So um, someone who values a more personal service, right? So I went on Google and I made a list of all these studios. I made a letter that said, hi, my name is Janine from Ritual Skincare Spa. I'm a new uh, female owned business in the area and kind of give a little blurb about the business and that I was you know, looking for new clients and to introduce myself to the area. And I put those postcards in there and I said, if you would be so kind to 
leave these at your cash out area or where clients check in, I'd greatly appreciate the help of supporting a new business in the area. And I got some clients that way. Okay. Do I still have any of those clients to this day? No. Okay. But it was something I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would put business cards at other businesses anywhere I went that had a cork board, mm-hmm. always got my business cards on it. I actually made um, posters as well and would put them in any coffee shop <laughs> cork board. Yeah. Um, I also then made discount postcards. And <laughs> thinking about it now, I'm like, oh my God, I spent so much time doing this. <laughs> I actually went on Google Maps and would right click on the top of every house to find the house number. And I would make a, (laughs) sounds crazy. I would make an Excel spreadsheet of all the houses in every neighborhood and the house number. And I would look up like affluent areas, like areas that probably have more like spending money. And then I would mail the postcards to those houses. Um, Oh my gosh, Janine. I did get some good clients that way. I will say that, like I would recommend that method. But my big break, like I tried everything. I mean, I tried anything. Um, But my big break came from, um, I was taking some free training at the time and she recommended reaching out to a local influencer. Mm. So my whole, well, I'll talk about this first and then I'll go into it. So I reached out to one. She's like a mom and it's like a fam. It's like a mom and she's the main person in the Instagram profile. And then she talks about her family and her husband. Okay. And I sent her a message and that training gave a free message on what to do. Just fill it in. And it was like, want to invite you in for a complimentary facial, um, you know, in the hopes of working together. And if you love your experience, sharing it with your audience, blah, blah, blah. She got back to me and was like, great, let's do it. She shared it to her Instagram stories Um, And we did a promo code, which was like a certain dollar off a facial. And I was at the time working for my father. It was during the week. And that day, I think I got 15 appointments booked. Wow. My phone wouldn't stop beeping. And I was like on cloud nine. Loved it. And then some of those clients, I still have five years later, almost five years later in business. Yeah. So I would say for me, that was the top thing. And what I was going to say before is my main motto is to get out of my way. Yeah. Like, get out of your own way. Like there's people who always say, I don't like showing my face on social. I don't like to take my picture. Why? Yes. Ask yourself why? Because people make relationships with you. Yeah. They're not making a relationship with a picture of a cleanser. Right. And I always said, like, I am an overweight woman. I should be the last person who wants to show her face online and I would do it all the time. Yes. So much so that when clients come in, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm finally here. I feel like I've known you already. Yes. And I'm like, that's what I, that's what I try to do. Yes. I mean, you're a beautiful woman, Janine. <laughs> you're exceptionally oh. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I always tell people, I'm like, why? Just ask yourself why. If you get nervous, the more you keep doing it, the easier it gets. 100%. And same, and I will give this point of advice too, is anytime I post anything on Instagram, if it has my face in it, significantly more of people course. respond to it. Of course. 
So don't be afraid. Just do it. I mean, it's funny. I, did I tell you that? No, I think I was telling my other clients, one-on-one clients. I, you know, I'm very, you know, I don't mind sharing my face. I had to get over myself as well. And when I was in San Diego and doing just Bailey's Beauty, I had a new client come in and she was so excited to meet me. She's like, I've been following you forever, you know? And she's like, actually, I saw you in Trader Joe's last week and I really wanted to come <laughs> and talk to you. But I was like really weird, like nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad you did it because that would have been so weird. Like, but she knew me that if she saw yeah. me at Trader Joe's, she knew that it was me because she'd followed me and knew me. She knew what I looked like. I wasn't just some person she was just booking an appointment with. She was like, knew who I was. And I wasn't. Right. And I still don't have that many followers on my village. It was like, I had like, had like less than 500 followers. It wasn't like I had 10,000 followers, mm-hmm. but then that's the me. part. Yes. People recognize you. And that's the part. Like I don't, I never understood. I said, I am willing to do anything it takes for my business to succeed. And this is what I have to do. So I have to stop worrying about it and just do it because yeah. number one, they're going to see you when they come to your business. Anyway, <laughs> they're going to know what you look like. Number two, don't you want to like attract people who have the same kind of energy that you're putting out there? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And then like number, th- like, I forget what I was just going to say, but number three, um, when I look up a place I'm going to go, if there is no pictures of anybody I will find a place that shows pictures of the people that work there and I will book there instead. Totally. I don't want to go in sight unseen and be like, Ooh, who's going to come out. Is it going to be like a troll from behind a door or like, <laughs> what kind of place am I going to? Do you know what I mean? Well, it's scary. Yeah. Cause also I, I also, and I'm a social, I'm an extroverted introvert. I like, I get, mm-hmm. I, I like to be alone. I like to have a quiet time. Um, I think I've told you one of the biggest struggles of being a parent is like the constant overstimulation. Like everyone just needs to be quiet. Like I can't have anyone talking to me right now. Um, but I, it's nerve wracking going to a new place. So if you know what the person looks like, you feel a little bit more comfortable going. It works right. both ways. You know, right. I mean, some people like to get to, especially in acne, like to get out to go and see someone who's treating acne is such a vulnerable thing. So to feel any kind of kinship with that person before you go, like really makes a big difference. Huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's always, anytime I talk to people, like sometimes my one skincare line will get together for dinner. And a lot of people talk about how nervous they are. And I'm like, I will dance all the TikTok dances and do all the stupid moves. If it means one more person connects to my business. Yeah. I, I don't care. It is. I mean, I also tell you, you know, your age too, you're not 20 years old where you're maybe Mm -hmm. are self-conscious of things because, you know, you've not, you haven't lived in the world as much. And you also have, like, I think same with me is like, we had jobs we hated and we did not want to go back. So we're like, this, this is nothing compared to what that was. Like being nervous on social media and being awkward is nothing compared to the hell I lived in in my previous job. So I will do this anytime. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime, all day. Yes. Um, it's so funny. One of the things that I wrote down that you were saying that I thought was hilarious was that you didn't want to do interior design for p- picky people. Don't you think that people who have skin, like skincare are super picky? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, you do have like the random like acne client who doesn't think like you know, who are, even though you tell them it's not an overnight process are looking for that overnight process, but I've only encountered maybe like 
uh, two people like that. Okay. So yeah, so I've been pretty good, but yeah, I haven't had too many picky people. <laughs> I mean, I and, guess the, the acne clientele is picky. Yeah. They, they can be really particular about things, which is fine. I thought that, I always think that's really fun as a yeah. challenge. And I do have one client who will say little things every now and then, and I keep letting them slide until like the fourth time. And I'm like, so I noticed you haven't purchased any products in like six months. So, you know, this isn't going to do everything you want it to do unless you're doing what you need to do at home. And then I don't hear about it for a really long time. So <laughs> that's the only other one I usually hear anything okay, from. Okay. I, I, I have no problem. Like I'll listen to it. And if you keep complaining about it, then we're going to have some words, but <laughs> <laughs> in a lot as loving as possible, but yeah. you know, you know, some, uh, tough love. Yeah. But you have that relationship with them first. Yeah. You're not giving yeah. them tough love the second that you need them. No. Or two weeks no. in, or two appointments in. You you have a relationship right. with them. It's been six over six months that they brought products. So they've been seeing you for at least six months. Right. And yeah. I do always set the expectation at the first appointment of, I don't necessarily say they need to buy products. I say, okay, for what you um, were concerned with and what I seen on your skin today, here are some, some things that can really help out and be beneficial for the, like, the health of your skin. Um, and I leave it up to them. I'm not a pushy person if they just wanted to be there to relax, but they know that if they wanted to do something about it, this was the plan. Mm. And if they do great, if they don't, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most of your clients buy product. Yeah. Um, a decent amount. I still have quite a bit of clientele who are like, I call them, they either don't, or they're piecemealers. Like they use a couple products here and there. Um, but for the time being, it is what it is. Yeah. The second you become the pushy person, I think that's when they're going to tap out. So I never want anyone to, I never want, I never want people to tap out, I guess. I'd rather still see them and still keep putting those little tidbits of information in their head to like make them convert because I've had people who don't haven't bought product and that after the fourth treatment all of a sudden wanted to buy all the stuff sure yeah because it's so time for I pl- them to trust you yeah I play the long game I'm okay with yeah that. and but I also would argue that you don't have to be pushy to sell skincare yeah and I never am no I had a really bad experience before I was an esthetician and I vowed I'm never doing that I feel like a lot of estheticians have had those bad experiences and then that makes them terrified to sell product mm-hmm yeah I had a lady lay out four products for me and tell them, tell me that she already rang it and it's already in the cash register. And this place had the spot on the upper level salon on the bottom. So I said, Oh, I need to go down and grab a shampoo. I'll be right back. And I went downstairs and I cashed out downstairs and told them to take the product off. And she ended up calling me in my car on the way home and told me that I didn't have, I had the products there waiting and I had to tell her that I wasn't interested in buying them. So, oh my gosh, I was like very presumptuous. So it really turned me off. So totally. I was like, I'm never, I'm never doing anything like that. I mean, that's a whole nother level. That's like the assuming the sale thing. I think a lot of people are taught those like assuming the sale, um, like ways of talking to people about product. But if we don't look at it as a sale, as much as like talking to them about what they want is their goal. And if they want their goal to be this, then this is what they have to do. Yeah. Kind of as as opposed to looking at it as like a sale. 
Yeah. And I honestly think like the education part is huge for me on like telling them, this is what I'm seeing. This is why it's happening. And this is what you do to correct it. I feel like the why it's happening and what you need to do to correct it and why that product or that ingredient or whatever helps that issue has been key in having really good retail sales for me. Totally. Totally. Then you're not just pushing a product. You're telling them why and they're understanding why it's happening on their skin in the first place has been a game changer. Cause most of your clientele has like acne is a newer thing for you, right? You do mostly Mm -hmm. like age management kind of corrective skincare. Yeah. Yeah. So I might foundation is peeling. I don't know why (laughs) making me crazy. (laughs) So yeah. So that's like a different kind of way of talking about skincare, but that is, you know, cause sometimes those people aren't as motivated to buy skincare because they don't have the concerns that are as like intense as acne. Right. Right. Yeah. So I tend to, I tend to get a lot of people with really very severe dehydration and compromised skin barriers so I feel like it's a little easier because they're coming to me because they're like, ah, my skin is so sensitive and I can't put anything on it or things burn or everything yeah. feels so dry and tight all the time. So I feel like that's a little easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, I have a pretty good retail to sales ratio. So, you know, even the people who don't, you know, um, purchase, like I said, you know, sometimes they come around, sometimes they yeah. don't, but you know, the long game. We play playing the long game. I always love to play the long game. It's the only way to, I mean, the, other than that, you make yourself crazy. You just have to kind of keep, keep laying it out there. And if they come, they come. And like, I like, like, I like to believe, I think I've said this before, like everyone who listens to my podcast will eventually be a client of mine. Maybe not today, yeah. maybe not this year, but eventually they'll, everyone will be a client of mine. Like that's what I right. choose to believe. Why not? Right. Just putting the message out there and not trying to repel people by, <laughs> being judge judgmental or saying things that make them feel uncomfortable I mean am I people yes well if I was like consistently pushy or saying yes. oh god nothing is still changed with your skin they're not going to want to come back no so I always just try to be supportive and tell them every time that I'm still seeing the same issues and a nice thing like okay still seeing we have some pretty severe dehydration you know things like that yeah um you know you're telling them you're just being consistent with the messaging. Like, okay, we've done facials, but things aren't improving because you need to start doing a little bit more Um, has been okay. You know, has been working instead of just being like, Oh, this is still going on. Right. I'm judging (laughs) them for it. Yes. Just being supportive. And yes, if they never do anything with it, they still know that like I gave them a nice experience Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You only can do what you can do and you're okay with that. Right. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a lot of time left because I want to honor your time, but I want to talk about money. Yes. So Janine, <laughs> do you feel comfortable talking about money? Um, yeah, I don't have any numbers pulled up, but I can do that. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about first, what was your, your end of year last year? Cause I was like, I was screaming when you told me. So I think this is so fun for everyone to hear. And that's the number that I don't know off the top of my head. So I'm just signing into my <laughs> accounting software right now. I should have done this prior, but I didn't even think about it. Well, it's um, totally fine. This can't be right. Oh, it has to be right. Oh my God, it is right. Oh, <laughs> I like that I can't even, I, I thought it was wrong. In my mind, I hit 175. 
Um, so for 2022, I did $209,000 and some change. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you, I knew you did over 200 because you told me. In I was like, no, this isn't right. <laughs> oh, even though I have a sign in front of me that says I still didn't update it yet, says I will do over 200K in 2022. So I'm, then I looked, I'm like, oh yeah, that has to be right. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so, I mean you did so, it so I, how, I did it how so what did you remember what you did in 2021 uh yeah I can look real quick 2021 was 155 okay so a considerable amount almost like almost yeah. sixty thousand dollars yeah more yeah and, 54, and how many yeah. hours a week are you working on clients basically with that um probably about 36 between like 32 and 36 depending clients a week oh hours a week oh hours a week okay yeah yeah but that's not how many clients a week no i that number i don't know off the top of my head i think like around 20 25 maybe about 5 a day so yeah probably around 20 yeah probably around 20 i just want depending like, on the week 20 to 25 yeah to people like you you weren't taking 10 clients a day no I book um, a half hour after every standard facial, a new client facial. I have 45 minutes booked in afterwards. And you take lunch. Yeah. You, um, eat, you not, stop and eat. Not really. That's I'm working on that. Okay. <laughs> but you're not going back to back to back 10 people in a day, just like hustling right. all the time. Yeah. Typically around that time, depending on my days, it was anywhere from like five to six, but typically five. Yeah. Maybe six if you have to like squeeze someone kind of type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you went to esthetician school, did you ever think that was going to be a number your business would make that you would make? No, because I think that we all hear um, that the 100K esthetician is like this big elite thing that no one can achieve, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll be really good if I do, um, you know, 100, then yeah. I really, ma- then I really made it. Me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Totally. And um, so when I did, and I'm trying to look to see what year I hit the mark and when I did it. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look. But anyway, um, I thought that, you know, oh my gosh, I made it. I'm in the big time now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, over time, like I've worked with, you know, some coaches, um, started working with you and, you know, coming from a business background, um, I'm really good with bookkeeping and things like that, but I never like marketing wasn't like my strongest suit, which is why I tried everything in the beginning, like I mentioned. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something I didn't think I was going to be able to achieve. So when, I didn't think that I was going to make it in 2022 to 200 K. And then I really had a really great small business Saturday turnout. And that was what brought it over. And 
every year I do it, I don't think that I'm doing as much like business on small business Saturday as I do. And then I run the numbers and last this year I did 5,000 more than last year. And then last year I did, I think 5,000 more than the previous year. So it was just something crazy. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, well, I, I think- don't know. So you, so the, I think the way that you, you first made a hundred thousand and now that you've done over 200,000 and I know you and I have sat down and done goals for the next, you know, year, three yeah. years, all those things. And it's really like, it's, it's really the same formula that I, I talk to people to teach them to get to hundred K, which is you believed in yourself yeah. and you took action. Yeah. Cause that's, and you literally tried different things until it, yeah. I mean, and it's so funny that you think that you're not good at marketing because you are good at marketing because you marketed your business. Like, and some of the things maybe you fall, like fell flat and it didn't work. And it was like, that didn't work. But you, the only way you knew is because you tried. Right. Right. And you were excited about every new client that came in. I think sometimes people are like, I've worked so hard. I only had one new client, but like one new client is one new client. That's amazing. As opposed to yeah. being like, I should have every time I do something, I should have 15 clients new clients come in like that that is not that goal that expectation of yourself and your business will nine times out of ten make you disappointed in your business and in yourself and then you don't want to go yeah. out and do it again the next day yeah and a super important thing for me was creating an experience that I never got yeah okay let's talk let's so, end on that because I think that's I, probably the key to this for yeah you. so just running through real quick 2019 oh, yeah which was like my official first year of business. I did 68,000. Okay. 2020, I did 58. Okay. Considering I was shut down for eight months. That was pretty good. Seven or eight. And then 2021, I did 155. And then wow. 2022, I did 209. Yeah. So in 2020, three years ago, you did 58,000 or mm-hmm. two years. It was two years difference. And then two years later, you did 209. Yeah. Okay, I just want to like put that out to all the people listening. Like you could have done $58,000 last year and in two years from now do $200,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not impossible. It's not like there's, again, there's no secret sauce. You just, you just, right. you just yes. you took care of your clients. You weren't working crazy hours, like 60 hours a week. You just put, you okay, so let's talk about what you do with your clients and like why they keep coming back. So I think that's such a huge part of your success. Yeah. So I would always pay attention to what was kind of missing when I went places. Like for me as a plus size woman, I would hate getting on a rickety bed. I'd be like, if this collapses, I'm going to die of embarrassment. Sure. And there would be no easy way to get into the bed. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And the beds would be kind of high. high. So yes. I would sometimes struggle with that. Um, or they'd leave out a gown that covered one breast. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just not using this and getting under here loosey-goosey and seeing what happens. Um, yeah. And then just the experience. Like you would have you know, a good facial, you'd leave and you'd never hear from them again in any capacity. Yeah. Um, so things that were important to me were, were, um, easy ways to get into the bed Mm -hmm. beds that can hold at least 600 plus pounds, Mm -hmm. um, without feeling, making a noise or make anything like that. So very sturdy beds. Yeah. Um, when clients come, 
Um, I don't lay out a gown. Mm-hmm. I always make sure when they come in to give them an appropriate size based on their size. Um, I, cause I never want anyone to feel uncomfortable that something doesn't fit, yeah. um, that they're included. Um, so I carry one size two X and four X okay. in all the gowns. Um, and then subsequent times I'll, uh, have them laid out for them after we establish that. Yeah. Um, I always make sure to welcome them back when they come in the door, say hello, give them a really friendly vibe. Um, one thing I always get a compliment on is that my place is really clean Mm. and I'm always mortified. Like what kind of places have you gone to (laughs) that aren't clean? Yeah. So I always look at everything in my business every single day from a client's perspective. Yeah. Like, is there a speck of something on the floor that came from them taking off their shoes? I'm every, between every client I'm vacuuming or doing something. Yeah. I treat my room like a hotel room. Yeah. And if anybody sees evidence of the person before them, that's creepy. Right. (laughs) Totally. I'm like, so I'm like so grossed out that the idea of that, but it's true. You don't want to feel like you just ruined someone else's linens or someone else's gown or. Yes. Or just seen like there's sock fuzz somewhere. No, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not into it. Yes. Um, and then, you know, like between either like following up or sending them a thank you card, um, just little touches that let them know, like that you care. Yeah. So there's just little things, you know, like always being positive, happy to see them, thanking them on the way out, tell them, you know, it was great to see you, you know, just little things that were, they feel taken care of and seen and appreciated. So those are things that are really important to me. Like I had a woman reach out to me on Instagram and said, hi, um, I was looking at your place and I just wanted to know, like, I never had a facial before and um, I'm plus size and this is what size I wear. Um, I just want to be sure, like, you can accommodate me. And I was like, girl, I've been there. I know what you're going through. And that's how I message. I'm like, hey, I've been there. I get it. And I kind of get, went through the spiel and I did already have a post about it on my Instagram page. And I said, yes, you'll totally be taken care of. I said, if you're looking for more information on how everyone's accepted here and you don't have to worry about any of that stuff, check out this. But yes, I'll have something you can wear. You'll feel comfortable on the bed. Your arms won't be falling off the sides of the bed. Right. Those things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, and those things matter. And I, I think like you and I, we, you know, in our coaching, we talked about like your, your core values and as a business owner and what you, what you want, and that's your core value. And that comes Mm -hmm. across with your clients and that's why they keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to make sure people feel valued and taken care of and that we have a good time when we're not being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I love that. And I, I mean, I forgot that I did this, but I used to, cause when I, you know, I didn't have that client. So as opposed when I was, had time that I was supposed to be with clients and I wasn't booked, I would write handwritten thank you notes to clients. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Yeah. And then I have these little things I put inside. Um, they're kind of like a pop open thing uh-huh. and you can pop them open. There's a little message inside. Like I kept yeah. this one for myself that says, um, I keep this next to my desk. It says, because you are alive, everything is possible. And I'm oh. like, oh, I love that I put these in there. Because some people will send them to me that they love their little message. Yeah. or 
And then when clients come into another thing I do is I have a little sign that welcomes them and I put out little chocolates and yeah. people love the chocolates. Love the chocolate. They love, they the, love sign. the chocolate. Who doesn't yeah. want who doesn't want a sign with their name on it? I don't know. Yeah. Right. It sounds lovely. I even have a cut. I even have a cousin who comes in and she's like, I love that you still put a sign out for me. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, totally. Oh, I never, I didn't think you were going to because I'm not like, you know, a client, client, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, you're still coming yeah. in. She's still paying, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. I always just like to think of little touches. Little, I yeah. think the little touches are what makes you different. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And genuine. You're genuine. Yeah. They, and they know that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jenny. This was such an amazing episode. People are going to love it. Oh, I hope they do. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. And you know, I love talking to you. So I, know, I love talking to you too. <laughs> if you are an acne specialist and you don't feel confident treating acne, you don't feel confident talking to new clients about the program, about how the products work, how to become compliant and, and change their lifestyle and diet, then you need to join the Confident Acne Specialist group coaching program that I offer. It's an eight-week group coaching program where there's a new topic every week that you learn. And then we have a Zoom group coaching call where we really go over the emotional side of being a business owner that people find so, so challenging, especially when you're new. We talk about consultations, client compliance, marketing, client boundaries, client retention, rebound acne, time management, business systems, and pricing. It's an eight-week group coaching program, and by the end of the eight weeks, I guarantee that you will, will be so much more confident in treating acne and your abilities as an esthetician. So if you're interested, you can go to theestheticiancoach.com forward slash group coaching. I can't wait to see you there.